2: Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast, I'm your host Kane Pittman and I am not joined by my good friend Ty Windish today, but rather than ramble on like I normally do when, when Ty is away, I decided to bring in a guest that I and also Ty are very uh, excited about today. We have Mirren Fader from Bleacher Report and I'm sure most of you guys have already heard about uh, her work and certainly her story on uh, Alex, Yanis and the family last week. So we are going to run through that. Mirren, how are you doing?
3: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm doing pretty good. We're, we were just talking. It's uh, early in the morning here or early-ish in the morning here and you're just uh, hopefully wrapping up your day. I, I would imagine from everything you've been doing, you're probably uh, pretty tired at the
3: moment. I am pretty tired. I actually need to take some time off, but it's good. You you want to be grinding. You want to be hustling out there to get the best stories possible.
2: Oh, well, you've definitely been on fire lately. So, Mirren, we, we're going to talk about the the story with Alex. I know last night, um, or or may I don't know. Maybe it was today. I don't know. It was last night for me. I was about to go to sleep, and I saw the story on the on the WNBA franchise, Las Vegas franchise which obviously, again, was another great story if you guys have a chance to read that. I'm a little bit biased. I was really interested in the Liz Cambage stuff, uh, obviously being Australian. But uh, you, with these two stories in the last couple of weeks, have not had uh, much time to to rest, I would imagine. But uh, with, the, with the stuff with Alex and Giannis, do you still get, and I know you, you, you write great features, so... Was this Where was this story in terms of when you were planning this and thinking about potentially how excited you may be? Because some some stories, as you know, you get more excited about than others. But I think this one in particular, uh, with that family, I, I don't think a lot of people have had the insight that probably you got. And particularly with, with the other brothers outside of Giannis.
3: I mean, I really appreciate that. I was really excited. I think it was probably one of the most exciting stories that I've been able to do, been fortunate to do, because I think it just started with so much uncertainty. Like Giannis was not guaranteed to be there. (laughs) So I I flew to Milwaukee not knowing who would show up. I didn't know really who lived with each other or what. But, you know, when he shows up there, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Okay, remember how to speak English. You can do this, you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it was definitely thrilling and it was cool because like you you don't want to do something that everyone else is doing. I I just saw so many narratives about him alone and his athleticism and I wanted to show a different side of him and I knew that if I profiled Alex it would kind of give me an opportunity to profile both of them.
2: <laughs> I, well I think it did because this is this is the funny thing when I and I like I already told you this I read this story probably 3 or 4 times and I think every time I read it there was something else that I took away from it but uh, while it was certainly a story about Alex, I think we did learn even more about Giannis and potentially, um, you know, people that have been following Milwaukee or following Giannis closely, maybe weren't surprised about how uh, hard he pushes Alex. But I, I think one of the thing I want to start with is, and it was very early in the story there was, uh, and we've heard this stuff from Giannis before, but he said, I definitely think Alex can be better than me, uh he stays motivated, he wants this, that's what makes him special, he's not satisfied. Now, I, when you read through the story, you, do, you certainly see that that wasn't always the case with Alex and you can't help but feel that Giannis obviously has been a big influence with that because uh, I, I know from being around Giannis and being around the Bucks and just from everything else you read that there's probably not too many people that work harder than him. And when you saw them two working out together, did you do you believe Giannis when he says that he thinks Alex can be better than him, or do you think that this is this is really uh him keeping Alex hungry and keeping Alex motivated?
3: I mean, it's so hard because the thought of somebody being better than Giannis <laughs> is which I'm sorry, is bonkers, and I don't know another word to say it. Um, as a writer, I should have a better word than that, but I don't. Um, I, I don't think it's humanly possible. But then Alex said that that's not even Giannis's best. I think, yeah. I think the thing is, is like Giannis has been telling Alex that since they were kids, so he's not doing this for like public display or for Alex to be motivated. Like he genuinely believes this, like with all his heart. When you listen to Giannis talk, he sounds like a prophet he sounds so sure like he's not joking like he never smiles he's never like um oh yeah like that's just I'm just saying that no it's he's like very serious he really believes that
2: yeah I I would yeah I mean that's certainly probably the way I would take that it's interesting when you talk about Alex and the fact that he's been hearing this from Giannis and being pushed uh from Giannis his whole life when you spoke about Alex saying that he believes he can be better than this version of Giannis, which again, as you just said, I mean, you're talking about the guy that just won the MVP and you still (laughs) think that he can get so much better. But uh, when Alex says that to you, because I know as you read through the story, uh, Alex is someone that certainly does go through moments of self-doubt, I guess, or, or questioning what's going to happen or where he's going to end up. So when he says those things, do you does it feel like he's comfortably saying those things yet? Given the fact he, I mean he's this we're talking about a 17 year old kid.
3: Yeah, I think Alex is really interesting because of his ambivalence. I think that sometimes I'm talking with him, and he is just so sure of himself. Oh, yeah, I believe I can be better than Giannis. Like he told me that. And then other times he's like, maybe this isn't for me. And he feels so low that he's just never gonna reach what they're doing. And, um, and it, you know, it's not just Giannis, it's the other brothers. So he has so much expectation from, you know, to outperform all of them. And I think that Alex's anxiety makes him relatable and human. And I think that, you know, when you're exploring a sports family, you don't want to just write like a hype story like, oh, next in line, destined for greatness. Yeah. It's so much more complicated than that. It's, it's a really, really hard place to be in, especially as the fourth. There are some guys who are the third and, you know, the third is hard enough, but to be the fourth, that's just like on another level of difficulty.
2: Yeah. And I, I think, think the interesting thing is that obviously when you look at the other brothers and Thanasis, obviously now coming back to Milwaukee, but he's a bit older and then uh, Kostas obviously has had a year in the system. Uh, We're talking about a potential uh, first rounder projected at this point in 2021. So he is significantly younger than the others and by the time he comes into the league uh, maybe Giannis who this whole time has said that he's going to be better than me. Maybe he has two MVPs, maybe he has three and that um, is probably uh, you know, a, a pressure that obviously most people can't understand. But um, when you do talk about the work ethic and, and you got to see these guys work out uh, a little bit together, uh, obviously, as I said, that's been a trademark of Giannis. Do you see that same sort of work ethic with Alex when you see these guys working out? I know from talking to Giannis and and seeing Giannis with working out with guys like Thon, Thon Maker and and these guys that have really pushed him in the past that uh, when these guys are are on the court together, it's, they're, they're not messing around.
3: I mean, Alex has tremendous work ethic. And I think it's because he's been through periods of time in his life where he did not have work ethic and he thought he was better than he was. And Giannis was the one that was like, you need to pick it up. All of his brothers really were like, You're, what are you doing? You're too relaxed. So he's he had to learn work ethic. He's always been competitive. He's a gamer, but he's had to learn how to stay committed. And I think he is very committed. It's just that I think that ambivalence comes out sometimes and he doesn't take over games, even though he could. Like there's just this like next level that he has to turn on and find. And I think a lot of 17 year olds do. It's very hard to know um, how to translate that competitiveness into being a killer. I wish there, my quote about killers was in the piece. All the brothers were talking about the different kinds of killers they were. And Alex is like, the, he calls himself like the shy killer because he's so quiet, you know. And so I think that he's working on sort of bringing that out and having the work ethic really translate to being more dominant on the court.
2: Yeah, you, that's interesting because one of the notes I did take when I was reading the story was I just I just wrote Killer Mode, which was you did write killer mode, but you probably didn't go into that further. So when how did that come up? Like what's what's that all about? Because that, I don't think that's as you said, I don't think that's uh something that we got too much detail on.
3: Yeah, man, I wish for all my stories I could just do like the outtakes and just like write what oh, didn't yeah. make it. <laughs> so I appreciate this question a lot. Um basically Alex was telling me that Giannis says you, you gotta be in killer mode. And um we were talking about how it's human nature to not always be in killer mode all the time right like the the body the mind relaxes sometimes and I was like do you think you're a killer yet and he was like I think so I was like (laughs) okay (laughs) I was like wow very convincing but um he was like I said something like you know how there's different kinds of killers like what type of killer are you he was like oh man hmm I think I'm the shy killer and then he and then I was like well what about your brothers how are you different and he, he says that Thanossus is like a, um, a smiling killer. So he's a very friendly guy, very nice personality, but he's going to like cut your heart out while smiling. <laughs> uh, Kosas is, is kind of like that sneaky killer. Like you don't see him coming and then wham, he's going to block the shit out of you. And it's just kind of like he sneaks up on you like that. Giannis is like the outspoken killer. He believes he's dominant. He knows he's dominant. He's going to show you. And then Alex is the more reserved. So, you know, he was saying that like being a killer is in my DNA as, as part of his family. Like, I don't have to learn that. That's something that, you know, was just in me. But I do think that he has had to learn how to apply that. And, and that's been a lifelong journey. It still is like the way that he watches Giannis is fascinating. He's, it's almost like watching somebody for 17 years and trying to absorb their movements, thoughts, beliefs, all of those things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I just, I don't know. I think this is why it's so interesting because even um, you know, and when you read through the story about where, you know, the, the story that we know about where they've come from and then coming to America, but then once they got here, things did change very quickly and, and all of a sudden Giannis had money, and now obviously he's in a you know a situation where uh, you know he's getting paid one hundred million dollars, soon to be maybe probably two hundred fifty million dollars. And I, I think that was something that it seemed to come through that at times, Alex, being that younger uh, kid, and the other guys were were young but a little bit older, and, and coming through that from the age of of twelve or, or thereabouts, and then uh, being at school and going to fancy schools and just being in a different situation, being a teenager, I think it looked like it provided some challenges and clearly Jan, uh, Charles Giannis is uh, the family's dad and then uh, and and obviously Giannis now have have taken a real responsibility it seemed like in keeping him pretty grounded
3: I mean I I think this is one of the things that I really wanted people to pick up on which was the anxiety about money I think that like there's a narrative within sports writing that it's, it's almost cliche at this point, like basketball player rises above tough, um, you know, financial circumstances, but nobody talks about like the after, like what happens when you get money and like anybody who didn't have money knows that like, you don't lose those anxieties. Like just because you have it doesn't mean that everything's all good. And I think that it's Alex's fear it's still there, even though he has everything. He has everything that Giannis didn't have growing up. And he has the tools and resources to flourish and go to the NBA. And And Giannis didn't have that advantage. And I think that Alex is trying to find his way despite having all of those things. And it's an adjustment. I, I think that, you know... Giannis giving him that look like we can't get that in reference to the PlayStation was something that I really, really wanted to emphasize. And, um, and that's why I kind of brought it up again at the end because it's like, Alex is so influenced by not having, and so he's always, he's going to remain humble. That's who he is. And, um, yeah, so I think that that's, that's as much a part of their story as anything else really.
2: Yeah. And this is something that I've Said a lot, and and this is again relating back to why, uh, you know, potentially Janus or the, or the family has has settled into Milwaukee so well is because they, as you said, that that remembering where they came from, uh, that fear of of that life, I guess, and and the stresses and anxiety they still have from that, uh, is is why I've always said that it's very clear. Sometimes you know you can be talking to athletes or, or sports people, and they can be saying stuff to the media or in a media scrum and you don't really believe what they're saying. But with Giannis, it's always seemed that everything has been so genuine and everything. And he is just a genuinely humble person. And one of the things I've always said is that the feeling you get with Giannis is that he doesn't care about doing anything other than playing basketball, hanging out with his girlfriend, his mom and his brothers. And I I think that that section in the story certainly seemed to, uh, I guess, reinforce that if we didn't know that already, that, that these guys and and the whole family in general just enjoy being together and, and are thankful for uh, what they have been able to achieve, but they're not satisfied or relaxed or or going over the top with that either.
3: I mean, I think you're 100% spot on about that. And I think that it also brings back attention of the piece, which is like, what is the purpose of Alex's journey to the NBA? Why does he want this? Because it's not the same purpose as his brothers. They you know, they were older in Greece and they wanted to make the NBA to change their family's financial circumstances. Well, they have money now. So does Alex need to go to the NBA? No. Um, and he hears that all the time. Like, why are you putting yourself through this? You can just live off your brothers. So that really kind of begs the question, like, well, why are you doing this? Like, what motivates you to do this? And That's why I had that section of like the dream is theirs, the dream is here, is it's complicated. Like there's not a definitive answer for him. Basketball is tied up in so many different things. And um, I think there is a real fear of going back to the previous lifestyle. And so maybe that's why he hangs on to basketball. But as the piece goes on, I hope people see that there's a lot of reasons why he hangs on to basketball.
2: So this might be not something that you can really answer with with any surety, but did you feel from talking to him then? Because that, that was something I was trying to figure out as I was reading. I've always felt that the passion for playing basketball with Giannis was very clear. And that yes, he he was obviously pushed uh, you know, by his family and his brothers and, and that's what motivated him. And you spoke about the you know, the money situation and that. Because it has been from that age of twelve, certainly not at a younger age, but from that age of twelve with, with Alex, do you feel that this is he is as passionate about the game as Giannis? Is this? I I don't know if that, like I said, that that's something that he can answer. But did you get any sense of that?
3: I mean, it's it's you're right. It's a tough question. I think that he does and he doesn't. I think it's both. Yeah. I think that Giannis is like. Um, I don't want to say, it. Giannis is one of the most unique athletes I've ever interviewed. Just in terms of like, it is hard to duplicate his passion. Yeah. Passion is like way overused and everyone's like, I got passion. I, you know, I love basketball. Giannis like literally has passion, loves basketball. That's like a different level of obsession that not a lot of humans have. So the fact that Alex may not have that is okay because that's, that's normal but Alex has his own passion for it. There are times where I am like very sure that like he's in love with this game. He doesn't just love basketball, he's in love with this game. And there are other times where I feel like I don't know if he has that bite. Like I don't I don't know if the killer is fully unleashed. And and maybe that's a different thing than what we're talking about, right? Passion and love. But I think that his the story on him and how he feels and what's going to happen, it's all TBD. So it's more like I just see glimpses of both sides.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's probably that makes sense to me, and I, I think that's the way it came across. I just it, it's I think it's really interesting because you spoke about Giannis, and I I think another thing that I I've picked up from talking to him and any time I would speak to Giannis one on one, you could talk about him, and he would be passionate passionate about the game. And he would talk to you, but if you spoke to him about someone that he cares about, then it goes to an all another level. <laughs> particularly when it is about the game of basketball as well. Like this is a guy that uh, loves being driven by other people, but you know, particularly with someone like Alex, someone loves his little brother. Uh, it, it's it's very clear that he gets a lot out of seeing him be successful and wants to see him continue to be uh, as good as he can be, and probably really wants him to be better than him.
3: Well, and I think it's even a step further. Like, Giannis is, like, yearning to protect Alex. Like, he, I really tried to show that he's almost like a surrogate father figure, and he gets nervous. Like, he told me he gets more nervous watching Alex play than playing in the freaking Eastern Conference Finals. (laughs) What? You know? And so I think that, like, it's it's not even like what Giannis told me about how he feels about Alex. It's just to be in a room with them for a day, you can feel it. It's just like, the, you know, we can't get that look that he gave Alex. They're, they just like communicate without talking. And it's like this kinetic energy that you can feel. Like when I'm next to them, I can feel the bond that they have. Like I can feel how... Um, how much Giannis would do for Alex. I can feel how much Alex wants to be Giannis, but be better than him, but be different than him, but be him, but be different. You know, I can, these are things, it's really weird. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but like being there, spending that much time with them, it was more of a feeling than, you know, words said that kind of really influenced the way I tried to portray their relationship.
2: Yeah. You just touched on something, which is interesting. This is what I want to get to next is the, is the, i i didn't know what is the right word Whether father figure is the right word because obviously i you know I, I i'm not sure if that is the right way to put it but i will get to that in a second but you were talking about being tired and ty always does the ad reads just so you know Miran, he is he <laughs> loves doing ad reads uh so i just let him go but i bet you wonder how in the world uh the the world's leading CEOs have the kind of energy they do to do what they do and the answer may surprise you while most Americans are not getting the sleep they need tech founders and CEOs are optimizing their sleep to perform at peak level every day Eight Sleep, the ultimate sleep machine, is is the first and only high-tech bed designed to help you achieve peak mind and body performance. The pod dynamically adjusts the temperature on each side of the bed so you're comfortable all night. The pod tracks your biometrics while you sleep with no need for wearable technology. Enjoy personalized programs and coaching designed by experts guiding you toward true sleep fitness. The better you sleep, the better you everything. You can try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup only at 8sleep.com slash BlueWire. That's 8sleep.com slash BlueWire. Now, I could probably, I feel like I'm still adjusting back to being in Australia. So I could probably use a little bit more sleep. I know you definitely could. But uh, you guys should check that out if, if you are not getting enough sleep. But back to the point of this, the the, the father figure stuff is interesting to me because I I it, it seems that, Giannis has always had this protective mentality with with his brothers throughout their whole life, but uh, potentially this has been something that has taken o- over uh, even more importance, and, and I'm not sure whether you have any insight into that uh, in terms of, you know, particularly Alex, who is, the, who is the baby of the family, and it, and it seems that Giannis does take real responsibility uh, in not only It's not just about basketball, it seems. It's more just the entire life and and being the person that, obviously, their their father brought them up to be.
3: Yeah, I definitely, you know, of course, careful to say father as well, you know, out of respect for their dad. But, yeah, you can really feel, like, a a fatherly, protective kind of energy around Giannis and Alex. Um, It can go from, like, serious to hilarious. Like, on the, you know, the serious end, he's, like, You know, I want him to... Be his own man. I want him to not care about what people think. He's young. He cares about what people think. I need him to get off the internet. Or there's hilarious times where um, I wish this made it in the piece, but it couldn't. He was yelling at Alex for drinking lemon lime Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you saw a little tidbit in the second section there. But I wanted like the he was just like bro, what are you doing? Like stop it. Put that down. Um, so you know, I de- I definitely think that they have that dynamic, and you know, I'm careful too because. Alex sort of has like three brothers, four brothers, actually. Yeah. So um, so each of them in their own ways are father figures for him. But I think after their dad's death in particular, it became even more so.
2: Yeah. And this this was easily, for mine, maybe the most difficult part of the story to read. And I, you probably know where I'm going with this, but... The, the part where you spoke about the conversation that they had um, with a family get together and Alex had some plans with friends, so he didn't go. How, how did that come up in your conversation? And what was that feeling like? Obviously it was you and Alex down uh, in, in his, I don't know what you want to call it a man cave, whatever, whatever the, the situation yeah. is down there. But, but how was that moment and talking through that? Because that was some, pretty tough stuff and and honestly it's something that I think everyone has done I've certainly done it where there's a family thing and you're like I got plans I'm not going and you always think about what could possibly happen but this was pretty real
3: yeah I mean it was really gut-wrenching and I think that you know a lot of times people read my stories and they're just like oh man like how'd you get that like whoa all those details about this really painful thing well that doesn't happen on hour one of the conversation, doesn't happen in hour two, doesn't really happen in hour three. Um, That was hour four, you know, and I think I just approached it like really delicately. I was like, hey, I really need to ask you about this. I understand this might be like, really, really difficult for you. And I I completely understand, like, if you don't want to talk about it, you're not comfortable, that's okay. I just you know, I, I really think it's part of your story. And I just want to know, like, if you're open to talking about this in any capacity, you know, and like, that's how you approach reporting with empathy. Empathy is the most underrated skill you can have as a reporter. And I think by that time, when you've already talked with somebody for three plus hours, you've built a trust. Yeah. And so, you know, it was really hard for him to talk about, I could barely hear him. His voice was, like, really shaky. I mean, it was gut-wrenching, you know? And you, as a reporter, you can't just start crying in the middle of an interview. And you feel like a total ass for being, like, can you describe the day? The day, you know, the day that – the worst day of his life, really, from start to finish. Like, it's really hard to be, like – he's, like, yeah, I'm in the car with Mariah. And um, it's hard to be, like, was there music playing? But you got to ask – what class were you in? Not just, I. he was like, I was in class. It's, it's not like people tell you the story like that. I was in fourth period U.S. history. Yeah. Mariah picked me up. I was listening to Drake. She was not. Like, these are details that you have to ask. And he said something to your original question. He said something like, it was so weird considering what happened two days ago. And then I just started crying. And I was like, wait, what happened two days ago? He was like, well... I was going to hang out with my friends. So you see what I mean? So it's it's asking yeah. questions but it's doing it in a really delicate way that is not I mean, by definition, the conversation is intrusive, but it's not it's not aggressive, it's not obnoxious. It's very sensitive. It's very deeply human. I feel like I can read the room when people I've had people cry on me. Yeah. And I stop and I'm like, "You know what? Let's just take a break. This is really hard." let's just take a break. Like I've done that before. It didn't happen this time, but he started to open up. And once he started talking about that day, it's like every detail began to roll out of him. So it was a really hard conversation, but Alex is very mature and he's very like, um, as ambivalent and and anxious as he is about life. He's also like very secure in himself and he's thought about these things before. So it was, it was really tough though.
2: Yeah. I, it was tough to read. And I, I think the one line uh, when obviously Alex did get home and he sees Giannis and then where he said, you remember what I told you two days ago, that is pretty brutal because uh, like I said, I mean, this is something that when I mean, you're talking about a teenager and this is, like I said, this is something that we've all done. And, and that at that point where there was nothing he could do. It was too late at that point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was – it was tough to read. And I'm sure, as you just said, it was was tough to talk through with with him. But another thing that was interesting and we've spoken about already in this podcast about how how much Giannis cares for Alex and I, I did laugh at the point where he got the phone call and like, how <laughs> did this? Is I mean, is there anything more to that? Please, like, for uh, and I'm sure oh everyone, I hope God. everyone's going to read this, but for those that haven't read that, if you can talk through that.
3: Yes, and I left out the most important thing. It happened two more times during that <laughs> the session. And I was so pissed that I could not find I, – I think I spent like three hours at the coffee shop like, where can you be like, this happened again? And it just like didn't work. Yeah. Um, and I was like, whatever. People understand the significance. Even if it doesn't happen two more times, he's still helicopter as hell for doing that yeah. when he's in the house. Like point has been made, you know? Um but that was my favorite detail. So we're just sitting there and phone rings and I'm like, oh, my God, like the 17 year old is so cool. Like, I'm so lame and like <laughs> I'm feeling like real old, like who is calling this man? And I think like the phone call was so short and like it's in Greek, right? So I feel already like an outsider, right. like I have no idea what's happening. But I think earlier in my career, I would have let that go and been like, oh, like maybe he had to handle something. But I was like, why not just ask him? thank god I asked him I was like so like who is that and he was like oh like I'm sorry that was my brother (laughs) and I'm like isn't (laughs) your brother like here upstairs because Giannis had come in earlier in the interview he just like showed up and I like I mentioned earlier I was like actually dead and so I knew he was like all right I'm gonna be upstairs and so I was like okay Mm -hmm. like he's in the house like why is he calling you and he's like you know, like, he's just making sure that I'm okay and all this stuff. And I would see at later points in the day, Giannis would say things like, this is Alex's first big interview. Like, how did he do? You know, it was just, like, really cute. Like, he was genuinely concerned. Like, how is Alex going to do? Is he is he nervous? Like, what's up? Like, how's he handling it? Um, so, yeah, th- I mean, it really
2: <laughs> I mean, that's like I said when we, when we started. I said, I do not think that. And I, I've certainly seen stuff or, or read stuff um, in the past, but certainly not to this level. So, I, I mean, I, I it, you know, it seems like he handled it pretty well, but <laughs> if he wasn't handling it well, then Giannis was going to be, uh, right there to, uh, you know, make that phone call. And he could say that the, I don't know, the magic word in, in, in Greek or something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure what they had planned.
3: I mean the thing about their relationship that I love so much though is there's a distance and that's what I mean by Giannis as like a father figure and a maturity about him just like in that scene where Alex wasn't playing well in South Dakota and Giannis just gave him a little bit of advice just a little bit like just enough for him to chew on so that he could figure it out himself like Giannis seems helicoptery, but to be honest like he's really not like he's on him but he's hands-off too like he wants Alex to Problem solve, figure things out on his own, be his own man. Like Giannis is like brilliant, honestly. He's just like so conscious of these things. He's so conscious of like letting Alex figure it out on his own. You know, like he wants to be there every second, and he is. But he he's trying to he's trying to let Alex be his own man. You know, and that's hard when everyone compares the two. Yeah,
2: I thought that was I thought that was interesting because I, I do think that um, you know. Alex probably uh is fortunate in the way that he has been able to go to high school, close to Giannis, be with Giannis, and that's not really something, you know, Giannis did have to figure out a lot of this stuff for himself. And and I think that in some ways that was really interesting to read, that he's not telling him what to do or how he did it or how he figured it out. He's letting him figure this out for himself. And I think for Giannis that obviously Uh, worked for him and and now he wants to see uh he's not gonna let his brother fail but he's also not gonna not gonna try and 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 tell him what he should or shouldn't be doing so that was that was super interesting but we haven't really spoke about his mom and and this there was just a little part in this when it was about uh you know obviously him being out and 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 playing basketball and not you know coming home for dinner or whatever it may be but what did you get the sense of the relationship was with Alex and Veronica and, and uh, did you get into that a lot?
3: You know what? Um, thank you for asking this. Cause that's my one regret with the piece. I felt like I didn't do her justice and I, I tried. It's just like, there's only so many anecdotes you can and details you can bring. And like, I think, after every article part of me feels really sad for everything that gets left in the notebook. And I think I, I was really sad um, about that with her. Um, I tried to put a little bit, but I didn't feel like I put enough. So I think I found out actually so much about her and then like, And Giannis even said to me, he was like, look, like, yeah, I'm trying to be an example, but it's really her. It's really her and their dad that set the example. It was watching her sell CDs by the side of the road that taught Alex work ethic. They were the examples. They were the ones. And there was this really tender anecdote with the mom and Alex because – I wanted to get more into Alex's like shy personality, and he's so quiet. Um, he opened up to me, so I was like, "Quiet, where this guy like kept yeah, talking?" Yeah. But like, um, she said that like he's so intuitive. And one time, he was five years old, and she was really ill. This was like back in Greece, and he sensed that she was suffering. But like he's five, but like he was so caring, even as like a baby, then, well, a little toddler. Then he just started singing to her because he wanted <laughs> her to feel better and she felt better and it was like the most tender thing ever and uh it was in my first two versions of the story and then on the third it just like didn't work so I scrapped it but that was one of the things that I really liked she is so proud of him she is so um confident in him she feels like he's gonna make the right decision for him she doesn't feel like there's pressure on him because she she knows he's a Like she says, like, he's a humble, good boy. Like he's sweet and caring. So she doesn't, all she cares about is that he's sweet and caring and hardworking. That's it. Like that's, that's the the metric of success for that family. And Alex has done that in droves. Um, I tried to bring it back to her at the end about the conversation about money and not changing. And she's always like nervous. Like, what do you need? Like, do you need anything? Do you need money? Come on. And, um, he always says, no, um, And she says, like, he doesn't even talk to me about stuff. Like, Alex holds so much in. So, when I asked her, because during a, during, when you're reporting, you're basically asking all the characters in your story similar questions about the same topic yeah. to see how they differ. And so I was asking her about the dad's death and that effect on Alex. And she says, I don't know. He doesn't talk to me about it. So I just, first of all, I, then I felt like a horrible human. I was like, so he doesn't even tell his mom. And I, and I got him to like talk to me about it. That's that's weird and awful, you know, but she she's, very. this is a long-winded answer of saying she's very proud.
2: Well, no and no, first of all, that was good because <laughs> I, I will say that I know that I don't tell my mom anything either, so I <laughs> that, so that first of all is like you know that's real. I, I, I think yeah, I think that's I think that's a common thing, and particularly he's seventeen i I might not tell my mum a lot now, but I definitely didn't tell my mom anything when I was seventeen so I, yeah. <laughs> that 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 makes a little sense, but that's yeah, I mean th- this is the thing I mean, you always see uh Veronica around and and she's at all the games and, and and you see her around a lot but I don't think that many people uh talk about her a lot or, or have had the chance to talk about her. first of all because they are generally a, a pretty private family but also because it it Giannis has become such a, a, the dominant figure of the family I guess that sometimes that that overshadows the other people but um clearly that the way they all speak about her uh she is uh the the leader of the family and the one holding them all together for sure.
3: I mean, I have one more Veronica story if you have time. Please, uh, we
2: got we got um, plenty of time.
3: I she was not she was really shy for like the whole day, and I just was like doubting whether I was going to get her or not. There was just like never a good time. Like when we were at the house, she was in the kitchen like cooking, and like I know cooking. And I don't know. I just you don't want to be like that person in the kitchen like going up to the mom in the kitchen being like, Hi, here's my microphone while you're cutting apples. Like it's just like so weird. It's just so awkward. And um so we were at the Bucks facility and they were all working out. And then I just was like, F it, like I have to do this. Like and so I just was like, hey, can I talk to you? Um I'm having such a good day. Like I'm really appreciating all the time you're spending with me i was wondering if we could go talk and so we went into this like the lounge in the bucks facility and we're sitting like very far apart on the couch she's like she chooses to sit like way over there and i'm like over here and i'm like you know what it's fine i've had way more awkward situations and um and then slowly she just like barely says anything and it's it's kind of a tough interview at first not getting much time goes on 30 minutes in Um, she starts like warming up and she's so kind and she's so great. And then she's like, takes out a thing of Altoids and is like, do you want one? And I was like, oh oh my God, like she gave me an Altoid. I gained her trust. Oh my God. Anyway, it's just one of those like nerdy reporter moments. The story behind the story where you're like, oh. I did it. I broke through. Like she doesn't hate me. It's fine. I I did it. Um, so it was really sweet of her. She's really, really kind. Really amazing person.
2: No, that that's certainly something I've heard from people that have have spoke to her. It's certainly not. Uh, it's certainly not rude. It's nothing. Uh, you know, in, in that fashion, but she is generally a, a quieter person and will keep to herself. So I'm glad that, you know, now we all know that the Altoid is the, uh, <laughs> the is, Altoid. is the official sign of, uh, you know, breaking that barrier with, with Giannis's mum. But uh, one last thing, and I don't know whether this was, was a topic at all, but, but when you talk about, you know, these guys and, and you said that they, they all live together, um, including Giannis's girlfriend, but uh, I'm guessing now that uh, Thanasis has come to Milwaukee. I'm not sure whether you got any sense for their relationship, but uh, I would have to imagine that 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 is is was obviously a, a huge, uh, you know, uh, happy moment, I guess, for the family that that the older brother can can come or the older brother playing basketball can come back and, and live with the guys in Milwaukee as well.
3: I mean, it's it's a dream. I it's interesting. Like it feels like forever ago when I was there. Honestly, I think it was like June or something. But yeah, yeah, and it was before the NBA awards show, all that. But I can totally imagine that they are thrilled. I mean, look, like we're America's obsessed with basketball families. I think like this family is what BBB like wanted to be. And like, (laughs) I only say that because like. I've I've profiled both Lamelo and Lonzo, and had like Lavar crossover in both of those stories. And you know, as close as that family is, in a lot of ways, like they're like Lamelo was never around Lonzo the way that Alex is around Giannis. Like this family is just like always around each other. It's not. It's just very genuine. And so I know the Thanasis thing must have been incredible because he motivated Giannis growing up. Like, yes, Giannis was the one pushing all of them. He had the most drive, but like Thanasis was like, man, his athleticism was like nuts. Growing up, they would just all watch him dunk with such like you know tenacity and they would just be like shook like oh my god like how did he do that you know so it's just so cool to watch it come full circle and and this closest thing with the lakers is interesting and you know i know that everyone is like oh my god eyeball emoji what does that mean but i think it's for them it's it's not really about all that stuff it's just like are you working hard are you being a kind person are you being a good brother like their metrics for success are, are a lot different
2: yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And uh, and they are, I, I don't know. I mean, they're unique. I, I certainly have not been around uh, a, a superstar player. I mean, you know what it's like. You can get around the, the star players and it just feels different when you're around Giannis. He is uh, one of the more genuine, genuine stars I, I think you could ever imagine. But before we wrap this up, is there anything do you think hopefully i've i've tried to cover most of the main things but is, is there anything at all that you think i've missed or anything that you wanted to to share from from this from this story before we before we wrap this up
3: Hmm. you asked really great questions um i am trying to think you know once you once you finish an article you're like okay uh you know moving moving on even though they they stick with you forever but i think um I think that like there there is a temptation to profile players of Alex's age right. in a way in a way that's just like put them on the internet like show their highlights ball is life bleacher report like overtime house of highlights and I just I'm just saying this from like a like a if I wasn't a writer if I was just a person I think I would just want more like I I want to learn more about these kids. Like I've profiled a lot of high school kids, and I think people are like, why do you do this? And I think it's because they're a lot more complex than we think. I think they deal with a lot of really difficult questions. I think growing up in America right now is really, really hard. I think that um, the most interesting time to profile someone is at the beginning of their career. And I hope the next time somebody comes across a person like Alex – A young person like that whether they're in a basketball family or not they just think like hey this is a person that's dealing with a lot of things right now you know they're not just like a kid on the rankings you know they're kids with so many interesting complex parts of their stories
2: no I yeah I I think I think that that for me and and I'm not just saying this is the type of thing that I like to uh and and not necessarily uh, just just report on, but, but speak to people about stuff away from basketball, because I think it is too easy to to just think that these guys earn a lot of money, they're on TV, and they're not real people. But uh, I think that for a lot of people, they've probably always thought, well, this must be a pretty sweet life. He's a 17-year-old. Uh, he, everyone thinks he's going to play in the NBA. He's flying around everywhere. His brother's Giannis. But uh, I think the thing that you touched on and what made the story so great was that it's not always easy and there's a lot of things going on, uh, when you're particularly at that age. So, uh, yeah, again, uh, I hope everyone is going to read this. I'll certainly, uh, put the link up when, when we get this podcast up, but Mirren, I really appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. I will say or this morning it's Wednesday. <laughs> you know, I'm in the future, but, uh, I, yeah, again, I really appreciate you coming on and for everyone that, doesn't follow Miran? you can get her on twitter at, at mirin fader writes for bleach report and uh like i said this alex story was great there's also the story just coming out overnight on the um, las vegas the WNBA franchise i definitely would read that one as well but uh once again thank you for coming on
3: thank you so much i really really appreciate it
2: all right that'll do us i don't know i can't say for sure whether Ty's going to be back next uh, next episode, but we'll probably be back <laughs> in a few days. Uh, but for everyone, thanks for listening again. And uh, as Ty, again, Ty normally wraps this up, but you can subscribe and rate and, and all those things that he normally tells you to do. And uh, we appreciate you listening.
1: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. mypatriotsupply.com